Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. So where, where we're at with our series, this is the end point of our Welcome Holy Spirit, Spirit series um, where we've been on over the last number of weeks. Uh, and today we're not going to really take any time to recap on anything. We just want to launch into where we've been at over the last couple of weeks around the gifts of the Holy Spirit just to see these concluded this morning. Um, and, and in essence, why we've been doing this, and we've thought it is really important, you know, that we do this over, maybe keep doing it, just cycling around every couple of years. It's important for us just to remind ourselves just of the truth around the person of the Holy Spirit and the significance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I don't know about you, but one of the things for me, which I recognize, is that moments like this help me to almost renew and to uh, refresh some of some of my old thinking, if I'm being honest, some things which that I even things that we were brought up with, perhaps teaching some thoughts or opinions or viewpoints that we've read in other places about the Holy Spirit that perhaps wasn't accurate and wasn't true. And one of the things that that does with us is that it almost keeps us locked in a place because of our a misunderstanding of the Holy Spirit, sometimes a, a suspicion around the person of the Holy Spirit that keeps us locked in that place. And this is why Jesus said these beautiful words in John. Jesus said these words, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. He says this as well in the same uh, chapter in John. He says, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. We've celebrated this morning in communion about, obviously, this is how Jesus ultimately sets us free. Through the forgiveness of our sin, he has paid the price and the penalty for us. But he wants to see us continue to step into freedom and fullness of life in our lives. And this is why he came to teach us and to reveal the person of the Holy Spirit. And he promised the Holy Spirit to us as well, so that we as a people could live fully. And so over the last couple of weeks, we have been looking at the gifts of the Holy Spirit specifically. Um, and today I want to finish this. Where we have looked um, over the last couple of weeks has been mainly in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Today we're going to be going into 1 Corinthians 14. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, these are the nine gifts of the Spirit that were listed. Um, we're going to just recap on these just briefly. Um, there are nine fruits of the Spirit. There's nine gifts of the Spirit. I heard someone say that this is the good way of having a balanced life. When you have the fruit of the Spirit and being able to pray for the gift of the Spirit in that way as well. But where we looked at, uh, Wimber actually framed it around three different sections. And this is where we've taught over the last couple of weeks. And what he did with this, he looked at different gracelets that the Spirit gives to us. The first one was the gracelet of discernment, the eyes of God. And so Phil, a couple of weeks ago, spoke specifically in his introduction to the gifts of the Spirit, spoke specifically in words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. Out of these nine gifts, these were the three that Phil looked at last week. Rick looked about this idea of the gracelets of power, the hand of God as we see God move. And these were the three gifts we looked at, faith, gifts of healing, and working of miracles. And then finally, uh, today, where we're going to finish off is we're going to look at this one to do with the gracelet of speech. And we're going to look specifically about some of the gifts are given by the Holy Spirit in terms of some of the words that he speaks to and through us as the people of, of God. And yet the reality is, and Phil referenced this in the first week, is that while 1 Corinthians 12 
introduces us and informs us about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and lists them to us. 1 Corinthians 14, where we're going to today, we're going to be looking specifically at these last three prophecy tongues and interpretation of tongues. 1 Corinthians 14 goes into more detail on those, but yet sandwiched right in the middle is this great chapter of 1 Corinthians 13. This, I, uh, I did a wedding on Friday at a house. Actually, it was a lovely moment at a house in Lurgan near Ballydugan Pottery. There was a service out in someone's back garden, and I married a couple there, and we were obviously... This is a passage that's just read a lot at weddings, 1 Corinthians 13. And the heart and the reason why Paul spoke this and the reason why God specifically through the Spirit spoke this was that as the gifts were given, sandwiched in the middle of it was this great topic of love. God was saying to us that actually this was one of the primary ways that he was expressing his love to us as the church and to the people of the world was through the gifts of the Spirit. It's an expression of his love. So 1 Corinthians 12 lists the gifts. 1 Corinthians 14 goes into them more, but Paul reminds right at the heart and the basis, the foundation of all of the gifts is that they all are to do with the love of the Father for us. We know this. We say it time and time again. We have a good Father, don't we? A father who loves us, a father who wants the best for us, a father who desires to use us as his people. And so this is the passage, the well-known one, just the first couple of verses in 1 Corinthians 13 that speaks of this. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, And if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. As I said, the gifts are an expression of the love of God to his church and to the world. And yet many people would say, well, we don't really really want to think about the gifts. We don't really want to worry about the gifts. I just really want to focus on the love of God. That's the most important thing for me. And yet this, imagine this, this is how God wants through his body to demonstrate that very love to people. You see, back at the start in 1 Corinthians 12, this is what we are told by Paul. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. The gifts were not specifically given to us just so that we could have it and just say, well, I have this. But they were given to us so that we could express express the love of God to one another and to be able to move in these ways. And imagine this. So like some of the gifts that we listed earlier and the guys have looked at over the last couple of weeks. But imagine the love of God. Imagine the love of the Father that amongst us, if you saw someone who was sick, we get to love that person by using the gift of healing to be able to pray for healing in that individual's life. If we carry and operate in that gift of healing, this is one of the expressions of love to that individual. Imagine if there's areas of confusion. We get to love people by using the gift of the Spirit to share wisdom. How incredible is it? Because you see, God in John 3, 16, we were told that God loved the world. The fact is God still loves the world. And he wants to continue to express that love. And he turns up and he reveals himself in this way. And so the final three that we look at, 1 Corinthians 14, if you have a Bible with you, you can turn to it. It's going to be on the screen. But these first five verses, the whole chapter speaks into these last three gifts. But these first five verses specifically, this is what they say in 1 Corinthians 14. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. 
For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like each one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather that you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. And so all three, again, are mentioned in this. And the whole chapter, will pull out a couple of verses from later on, other parts of the chapter. But these three, you see them mentioned. So tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecies. And at the very start, I want to just go straight into the gift of tongues. This is probably the gift that has caused the most confusion, the most hesitation for people when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit. I I hear people say, well, I I wouldn't want that. I would be fearful around that one. Sonia shared a word. I'm going to bring her up at the end just to share a word with us before we pray together at the end into some of these gifts. And this one has caused a lot of confusion, if I'm being honest, with people. Paul and the other writers of the New Testament, they start to paint a picture of what the gift of tongues is and what it was for. What was the purpose of it? And so back in that passage in 1 Corinthians 13, that passage in love, this is again where it starts off. It says this, If I speak in the tongues of men or in the tongues of angel, Paul starts to talk about this, and there's two different distinctions that he brings in here. If I speak in the tongues of men or if I speak in the tongues of angel. And the first one, just to touch the reference on, is that idea of the tongues of man. We, uh, we, we get a glimpse of this where we, we see in the day of Pentecost as the Holy Spirit was poured out. The prophecy of Joel is starting to be fulfilled as the Spirit was poured out in all flesh. And what we recognize in that moment is that the gift of language and being able to hear and understand people in their own language was firstly recognized. So here we see Acts chapter 2, verses 4 to 8. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these here speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them? in our native language, like there's, they just can't get their head around this, like we're not from this part, but yet you're speaking the language that we have, this was the tongue of man, the language that was being given, and the reason why, and this is why I want us just to see from the scriptural narrative, the beauty of what was actually happening in this moment, the love expression of God as this gift was poured out, and what we see is that as we cycle back to the beginning of scripture, Genesis chapter 3, obviously a sin came into the world, And what we read as you continue to read through Genesis is that it says that sin just started to spread and wickedness and evil spread around the world. In Genesis chapter 11, we're introduced to the story and this narrative about how man almost wanted to elevate himself um, above God and become like God. And they started to build this massive tower called the Tower of Babel. And Genesis chapter 11, we, we read these words, Genesis chapter 11, verses 6 to 7. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, 
then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so that they will not understand each other. At this point, up to this moment in Genesis chapter 11, everyone spoke the same language. There wasn't the differences in language that we see around the world. At this moment, what happened? Because as man almost, as, as sin and had started to take hold of his heart, what the father decided to do out of love, to stop and almost make it less easy for sin to spread as easy around the world and to affect his creation, this barrier of language was put in place. And yet while... What we see in this, and this is the beauty of it again, as I say, this is the language that's used even in this passage. This, this for me, allows us to see the restorative power of the gospel, if I'm being honest. This allows us to see actually the beauty of what the gospel and the fullness of what restoration and reconciliation is all about. So this is what was happening at this point. The people were one people. They were speaking the same language. And it's not as if God didn't want us to have that with one another, but it's just that God actually recognized that it's actually through this, this was a vehicle that sin was spreading around the world. And yet as Jesus comes back and pays the price for our sins, is that this is the prayer of Jesus for us as the people of God. Listen what he prays. I pray, Father, now again, that they will be one. Just as you and I are one. I pray that they will be one. And what we see in the day of Pentecost is that by the power of the Holy Spirit, as the gift of the Holy Spirit comes, is that in the love of the Father, that suddenly as the, the tongue of man was given, suddenly there was an ability to hear and to understand one another again. Suddenly the barriers that had been set up in this moment in Genesis chapter 11, suddenly by the power of the Holy Spirit, suddenly are restored. Do you get that? How loving God is. It's not as if God never wanted us to have this oneness, but it's actually in love, in this protection for us. Suddenly, by the power of the Holy Spirit, this gift and this ability of tongue is given, was given, and is given in that way. How beautiful. And today, what I simply want to do before we go on and look at the rest of this passage, firstly, I just want to speak into this. This, this is our vision statement as a church we want to help rewrite the story of Craig Avon, Ireland, and the nations with the good news of the kingdom of God. And, uh, and to be honest, when, when I was at Nua on the final day, on the Sunday, this was one of the things that I sensed during worship, I sensed the Spirit speak to me specifically about, was that um, for us in this next season as a church family, one of the things that we were going to start stepping into more and more and more was our engagement with the last part of this, what it was to help rewrite the story of the nations with the good news of the kingdom of God. I sense that one of the areas the Lord is stepping us into is around our engagement with the nations. We are, come the new season in September, we're going to be releasing new dates for 2023 about hopefully sending out new teams again, just globally and engaging with mission in that way. But yet what a sense is that the Lord is beginning to seed and deposit amongst us. And I want you to hear this for yourself this morning because I feel that there are some in the room that this is specific for. A sense that one of the things that the Lord is beginning to seed and deposit amongst us as a church family is around a ministry for the nations. 
that in some people there had been a stirring at one point, and I sense that it's starting to raise its head again, that there's a call and a recognition about a move to the nations, a stirring and a desire to engage with the nations, not just as we go, but I also feel that for some people there's been a stirring, and I recognize this, where people just practically have been desiring to love in that way, but I recognize that there's a stirring of some people about what it is even to engage with the nations, even on our doorstep. There are some people that have been caught with a heart. We live in the midst of a beautiful uh, culture and society where just there are many, many ethnicities that are part of our community, which is just beautiful. But yet I sense that what God has deposited in some people's hearts and lives actually is a desire to, to minister more and well to those people. And I sense that this is part of where this gift comes from and for us. Because remember, all of the gifts, the framework for this and the foundation of it is love and how we love well. But I just want to take a moment before we move on, and I want to pray for some people this morning at this point, because I feel that this is important. And, and if you sense, if there are anybody in the room, if you sense in your heart and you've been feeling the Spirit starting to, to prompt you and to nudge you about uh, engaging with the nations, both in the going and also just more about what it is engaging with the nations here in our culture. I would love you to stand this morning, if you could, just briefly. And I would just love to pray, just simply. That's all we're going to do is just pray for you this morning before we move on. So could you do that? Brilliant. There's a few people standing in the church. Why not, if you're standing or sitting around them, could you reach your hand out towards them this morning, please? Let's, let's just simply pray. Father, I pray for these people within our, from within our own church family that just sense this the stirring in their hearts for the nations, for the nations, God, as they were maybe in the call to go and the leaving here, but God also just in the desire, God, what it is to engage with the nations as they're here. And Father, I just pray in this moment by the laying on of hands as we stretch out our hands towards these people, I thank you, God, that this is part of your expression of love. And so, God, I just pray, Lord, that even in this moment, God, there would be a deposit of the gift of the Spirit in their lives, an anointing, God, a fresh anointing upon their lives. And, God, I'd even pray, Lord, into this area of the tongues of man, but even what it is around, a sense that that's even around the ability to communicate in language, but I also just recognize that it's about an increasing awareness around the, the division, even culturally, an increasing sensitivity and an awareness about just some of the cultural differences that the Lord's going to bring to your life. So, Father, I just pray, Lord, your purposes be revealed to them. Thank you, God, for their heart for you, God. And in this moment, we just pray, God, as your church, use us, Jesus, for your glory. And we pray this over their lives. In your name, amen. And the other tongue that's mentioned so it's the tongues of man, but it's the tongues of angels. And this is probably the one, from being honest, that causes the most confusion. Jesus says these words in Mark chapter 16, verse 17. He says, and these signs will accompany those who believe. Listen, these are the words of Jesus. We all believe that Jesus loves us, don't we? 
We all believe that Jesus isn't going to do anything like weird or wacky or like oh, fearful. But these are the words that Jesus actually says in Mark chapter 16. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons and they will speak in new tongues. Jesus doesn't want to do anything. It's like, oh, fearful, I don't want that. We all want what Jesus wants for us in our lives, don't we? And in the book of Acts, we read with Paul in Acts chapter 19, how he placed his hands, is what it says. When Paul placed his hands in them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. We, we just read in the earlier passage that this form of tongues, as we're told, is a, it's a new heavenly prayer language as in our communication and helps us almost in our intercession and our communication with God. Listen, what Paul says in 1 Corinthians, again, this is what we read earlier, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but speaks to God. So in our speaking to God, this is what this tongue is for. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. Listen again to what Paul says in the book of Romans chapter 8. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. I shared a few weeks ago, and it was the first time I ever, ever engaged with the gift of tongues. And it was at this moment as I was, I had awoken with a dream, just as one of the pastors from Cuba. And I just knew that the Lord was calling me to pray for, and I didn't know what to pray. And I was down beside my bed kneeling, and as I began to pray, I began to speak in tongues. It weird, it freaked me out. I had never experienced anything like that. But it was in this moment, and this is what I recognize now, as the Father loves. Remember, all the gifts, the basis and the foundation of them is love. As the Father loves in this moment, as he loved the person that I was praying for in this art of intercession and communication and our prayer to God, sometimes what Paul is saying, sometimes even when we don't have the words to be able to speak how the Spirit prays through us with groanings and utterings that man can't understand. This is all part of God's love. It's a good thing, right? Yes, it's a good thing. So it's not something to be weirded out by, but actually this is, a, this is a good thing because the Father loves us and the Spirit desires to do this. But what, unfortunately, the damage around this gift is that firstly, the fact that it is a private prayer language, and yet what sometimes has happened, if, if I'm being honest, is that over the years, there are some people, that there's been occasions where it's been used almost for people to draw attention to themselves. As, as they have stood and almost prayed loudly and boldly in tongues, and it's almost it's scared or it's lost or it's, people have been confused by it. In other words, the damage just happened when this gift wasn't used in the way it was designed or expressed again in love. When we recognize about this is God's desire, the gifts are used for love and in love. So the question is then, so should tongues never happen publicly? Is that what Paul's saying? Well, no, he's not saying that. But the, the thing that Paul is speaking into is that he questions the motives of why anyone would want to use it. And so he simply says this. He says, if tongues are used publicly, this is where the next gift was given. And the next gift is this, the interpretation of tongues. 
So it's not as if he's saying it can't be used publicly, but it's like the reason why this gift is given is so that everybody can understand. And again, because this allows the love expression of God to be understood. And this is what it says in 1 Corinthians 14 as well. So verse 10, it says, Undoubtedly, there are all sorts of languages in the world, yet none of them is without meaning. If then I do not grasp the meaning of what someone is saying, I am a foreigner to the speaker, and the speaker is a foreigner to me. So it is with you, since you are eager for the gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. Listen to that language. Paul's saying, like, seek the gifts that almost that can express love in the biggest way possible, those that will build up the church and that will love it for this reason. The one who speaks in a tongue should pray that they may interpret what they say. Interpretation in that way, it doesn't have to be like a word-for-word translation. It's not like GCSE Spanish, right? You're corrected on it in that way. But it's, it's a communication of the essence of the heart of the message that's being expressed in the moment of tongue. Why is that important? Remember back 1 Corinthians 12, Paul says the gifts are given so that we can help one another. So this is just a simple filter for me. If it isn't helpful, then it's pretty pointless. The gifts are given so that we can help. So if it's not helpful, then it's pretty pointless. That's, that's, a, that's one of my filters straight away that I'm using for myself. And so to summon the body, the gift of interpretation can be given. The whole area of tongues has caused the most concern and tension in Pentecostal circles. Some people believe that unless you speak in tongues, which is one sign, again, that you're filled with the Holy Spirit, that you're not filled with the Spirit of all. And can I just say, just nail it, we don't believe that. We do not believe that. We, we believe that if you don't speak in tongues, we don't believe that, if, sorry, if you don't speak in tongues, that you're any less righteous or less saved. But we do believe that it's a gift. And the Bible says to eagerly seek after the gifts, all of them, like eagerly desire. And obviously he says, desire the most prophecy. That's where we're coming to now. But it says eagerly desire because all of these are just an expression of the love of God and his goodness. There's nothing to be feared by this in any way. And this is why Sandy Miller just asks this question. Can I be a proper Christian and not speak in tongues? Yes, of course but why on earth would you want to? All of these gifts, they're a love from the Father. And this is why Paul just says, earnestly desire what the Father has through the Spirit, earnestly desire it. And it's the Spirit that chooses which gifts we get in those moments, earnestly desire. Final one for five minutes, and then we're gonna just pray as we close and worship just for today is this one, prophecy. Everyone okay? Everyone awake? Yes, everyone's still staying with us in this way. So tongues, right? I just wanted to get that one out of the way because that's the one that's just been like caused the, the whoo, we don't know if we want that sort of thing. So it's just hopefully we see today. It's an expression of love of God. All of this is just an expression of all of the gifts. Let's just get that in our head. They're all an expression of love because the Father loves us. The Father loves us as his children. Prophecy, again, back to 1 Corinthians 14. This is what we read earlier. It simply says this, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. 
They utter mysteries by the Spirit, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Listen again to the words of love that Paul says prophecy is directed towards. The goal of the gifts, it says, was to build up the church, to build others up. And here we're told at the very end, the goal of prophecy, listen to it, these three words, strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. This is about being able to hear and declare a word of God to someone that strengthens, encourages, and comforts that person. It's an expression of love. It can often be directional for that invitation as well, about as the Lord, as the Father in love, wants to direct us and lead us. And in fact, later on in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 25, this is actually what we're told again about prophecy. It says, this, through prophecy, the secrets of an individual's heart can be laid bare. Right, let's pause on that one. The secrets of an individual's heart can be laid bare. The worst part of being honest around that and where it has caused most hurt and damage with it over the years has been where people, you see, what can happen is amongst the body, and you might, you might know this sometimes, that, but what happens is that as the Father speaks to us and speaks prophetically into someone's life, He can illuminate you to some of the things that's actually hidden, the secret parts of their lives, struggles in their lives. Because in love, He just wants to call it out so that as a Father, He can lead us away from those things. But what has happened sometimes is that uh, somebody who has recognized that has almost stood and declared almost like an Old Testament prophet publicly, someone almost talking about the sin that's been in someone's life, and it's caused hurt and brokenness. And where we need to see and recognize it, actually, even in the Old Testament, one of the ways that it worked so beautifully was when Nathan the prophet came before David privately and called out the sin that was in his life. And he called out to him and it was restorative because, again, this is all framed and based in love. He led David in this way and, and moved him from a place where he was, a place where he had, been, he had been deluded, he had been deceived even in his own mind and in his own heart. And as a father, he loved him in this way. Again, this is all has to be framed in love. And so in this, what we start to see is that this is one of the things that has caused then concern even around prophecy. But yet when it comes to this, the secrets of an individual's heart can be laid bare. Can I just say one other way just to look at it? And this is what I really feel is the most, one of the most beautiful things that prophecy can actually do. You see, through this gift, one of the things the Father desires to do is prophetic words are spoken into our lives. And this idea of the secrets of an individual's heart. I believe that it can also be about calling out destiny upon an individual, calling out destiny in their life, even when they don't even recognize it or understand that it's actually there. There's been a call. Do you know the way in Ephesians 2 verse 10 it says, we've been created for good works since the foundation of time for us to step into, but yet there's some of those things that have been locked and hidden in our heart that we're not even aware of, and actually through the prophetic it actually starts to call out destiny and purpose over people's lives because as a father who loves us, he desires us to step fully into the works that he has for us. Isn't that a good thing? And so as part of this and the gift of this, it starts to call out destiny. How loving is Father God that he desires to illuminate these things to us 
through other brothers and sisters. And yet, one of the issues with prophecy, often like it could be, even as we preach on Sundays, and listen, we, I, I do it this well. I love just to be able to sit and just sit under the teaching of the word and go away, I want to be changed by it. But you know what? Each time you hear even my teaching this morning, and each time you hear a prophetic word spoken to you, there's a scriptural direction that is given to you each and every time, and it's this, test every word. Test every word. You see, even when it comes to the public reading of Scripture, like the Berean Christians in Acts, the book of Acts, we're told this about them. Imagine this, Paul would have been teaching Scripture. Like Paul, right? Like if there's anybody that's going to have great theological understanding of Scripture, it was going to be Paul. But yet what we're told about them, it says, is that they searched the Scriptures day and night to see if what Paul actually said was true. They tested the Word. And it's the same with the prophetic it's like that it can't just be a, oh, brilliant, I'm going to go, and that's, that's obviously what it's all about. But we need to test every word. That's why two weeks ago, Phil spoke about the gift of discernment. We test every word. We weigh and test it with Scripture. We allow other people. We share it with people who can pray and test and journey that. And, and what, what the Father usually does is that there will be other words that will come, and it will line up with that. It will bring more and more direction as it comes through that. Have you ever sensed that in your life? Anybody ever sensed that in your life? If you've received any prophetic word, sometimes the Father just speaks into those things as He starts to lead and guide and to direct us. And the final thing I would just simply say is this, words will only stay words unless we act upon them as well. I've, I've had some words spoken over me in my life. I've recorded them. There have been words that have been recorded. And there's, there's a couple of really significant words that have been over my life. And yet I recognize that one of the things that I've done over the years is I've played the recordings over and over and over again. I'm like, man, that was a, that was, whew, that was a powerful word. <laughs> that was a great word. And as the years go on, nothing's happened. And I'm like, man, that was a great word. <laughs> that was a great word. And sometimes we can often think, well, that's a great word. We think, well, we're waiting on God. When are you going to do something about that word, God? <laughs> When's that going to happen, God? <laughs> that word that you spoke to me, God, when are you going to bring it about? And yet, as for us, as his sons and daughters, there's part of it where we actually need to, you see, in that moment where God deposits that word, it's like a seed that's deposited in our life, and we need to almost start to cultivate the ground. We need to start to take responsibility for it. How are we creating space and capacity in our life to allow that word to start to take shape? How are you starting to to think about some of the different ways that you need to start to move and to shape and orientate your life to allow that word to start to grow and to thrive and to come alive within you. And this is why, finally, we just simply say this. This has often been used by us in the past. The wisdom's in the timing, not the revelation. It's important we wait on the timing of God. But wow, this is simply where we finish. The joy of a good, good, good father. And the reason why I just really wanted to labor, I had... I had a whole other, if I'm being honest, I had a whole other sermon prepped throughout the week. And I, I know normally I told you a Sabbath on a Saturday, and I woke up yesterday and I just felt, I just rewrote the whole thing. I just feel it's really important that today we hear the Father loves us. The Father loves us. The Father loves you. And because the Father loves His church, the way that He will operate amongst us is through the gifts of the Spirit. They're an expression of His love to us. 
There's nothing to be feared or to be worried about these. This is how he desires to flow amongst us, the gifts of the Spirit. That's a good thing, right? And so simply as, um, Johnny, maybe the whole band come up, would you? I know it's going to maybe just get Jamie. Let's get the whole band. This is the final passage we have on the screen. And with this, we're just simply going to just pray this morning. In the message, Eugene Peterson simply says this word. God's various gifts are handed out everywhere. So this is back to 1 Corinthians 12. This is all about the gifts that we'd read. But listen to the message version of this. God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's Spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in God's Spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God himself is behind it all. Each person, each person, each person for all of us in the room as believers this morning, each person is given something to do that shows who God is. And we know God is love, don't we? But each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone gets in on it. So don't be thinking, oh, well, it's not for me. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit and to all kinds of people. The variety is wonderful. The variety is wonderful. And this morning, the guys are going to finish in a few minutes and just with a song of worship as we close this morning. But I didn't want to leave space just to pray. And, uh, and so just, just as they, Jimmy, maybe you can start to play for me, could you? Is that all right? And just as we start to fill the space of this, as they start to lead us in a little while, I just would love to just pray for a few people this morning. I'd love to pray for us all, I'm being honest. Sonia, come up and share this word, will you, for us this morning? So Sonia came forward at the beginning of the service, shared a prophetic word she felt for us this morning. We've went and tested it together. We felt it really fitted and aligned with what the Lord was saying this morning, so we've asked her just to share it with us. So, so yeah. Um, so all week I've been getting that feeling of what if. So there's like this series... God's been speaking to like loads of people in the church but people are thinking what if what if I do that thing God has asked me to do other people are going to think I'm stupid other people are going to judge me other people what if you ignore other people what if you do what God has asked you to do if you do what God has asked you to do, he's going to release so much. There are finances in the house of the Lord that he needs to release if you do your what if. There is hope going to be released if you give your what if. There's healing coming if you give your what if. So what if you do what God has asked you to do and not worry about the what if people think. 
Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for speaking this morning to us. Why, why don't you stand with me this morning, could you? So there's a good question just as we close. What if? What if? What if the Father and love desired to give you a gift? This morning I would turn and say, not a what if, because he desires to give it to you. But what if that you believed? What if that you were willing to say, Father, I receive what you have for me this morning? What if in this moment that you could set aside fear and reservation and worry about what other people think? What if we could set aside even some of our old thinking and patterns that has held us back? What if in this moment the Spirit started to move through us and the gifts became more and more and more operational through us all as the body? What if? What would the world look like? What would our community look like if the what if became a yes? So that's, I would love just to leave a moment for this and in a couple of ways, but if that what if for you this morning is, God, I just want it to be a yes. Thank you that you love me and I recognize that part of the expression that you demonstrate now is through the gift of your spirit to us. Father, I want that. If that's a desire for you this morning, we would love our, some of our elders, staff, team, other leaders in church are here. We'd love to pray for you this morning. I would love for you to just start moving forward. We'd love us to respond to this this morning. I'm going to pray for all of us in a little while, but if this is a yes, and even if you're one of the people that stood earlier around just a desire for what God is doing and planting and seeding in your life for the nations, I would love for you to come so that we could lay on hands and pray for you this morning. Let's do this in a couple of minutes and then the guys are just going to close us some more. So let's start moving, can we? If, if this is a sense for you of a, not a what if, but yes, come forward and we'd love to pray for you this morning. Remember in this moment, this is just saying a yes to the gifts of the Spirit in your life. This is saying, I set aside fear and worry reservation. I say yes to you and what you have for me. I say yes to you, Father, and what you have for us as your church. And I receive it. pray for these guys as they're along the front some of our team are going to come to do it but I'm going to just pray for all of us and so why don't whether you're at the front or not wherever you're standing why don't you reach out your hands this morning can you we're all just going to pray I would love for you yourself I'm not whether you're at the front or not this is for all of us if you believe these words this morning that this is an expression of the love of God you desire to see that flowing in and through your life more and more, why don't you stretch out your hands and just ask of the Father yourself this morning for more and more of his gifts this morning. Why don't you just, remember this is what it says, earnestly desire the things of the Spirit. Earnestly desire. Hold out your hands and just ask of the Father yourself this morning.
Jesus, thank you that you, as the Son, came and you said of the Father that as a Father, that if we as your children are to ask of the Holy Spirit, that you will give of the Holy Spirit. And so God, at this moment, God, with God, an expression even of our hands held out towards you, we simply ask, come Holy Spirit, we receive of you afresh. God, amongst us as your people, as your family, we receive of your gifts afresh. God, why that's one thing, God, as we've been speaking of you, Holy Spirit, over the series and over these last seven weeks, we just recognize that now, God, we just call out afresh. We want you, Holy Spirit. God, we just call out with a longing, God, in our hearts for the gifts of the Spirit. We recognize, God, Lord, that this is an expression of your love to us and through us as your people. And so, God, with willing hearts, we say yes to that in our lives. Come, Holy Spirit. Father, I just pray, Lord, that as you start to deposit this more and more in our lives, God, even in the word of Sonia's, God, I just pray, Lord, that the what if in our mind, God, will start to see us move in these areas. God, that while we receive, that we wouldn't hold back because of worry about what other people will think. But God, I just pray that you will lead us, God, in terms of what it is to step forward boldly into these things. Boldly into these things, believing in faith, God, that this is your way of love. And so God, I just pray, use us, God, while we pray to fill us, we pray, use us as your people in this moment. And so God, as we pray, Lord, for people at the front, God, now we just give you, God, together the song of worship as we close this morning. Jesus, we pray this in your beautiful and in your amazing, powerful name. Amen. Let's, let's worship together this morning. Some of the guys, the elders and team are going to be praying for people at the front. Bless us, continue to worship the Lord just as we close. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.